0: Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon.
1: Good morning. We are trying to stay with the Gospel of John. And the reason why we're staying with the Gospel of John is because we're studying the prophetic power of the Word. Being fulfilled, it's important because the word comes from human beings, inspired and anointed of God, and the result is that the activity of Jesus falls within the prophetic, perfect will of God, spoken through the mouth of human beings. And so, and we begin with uh, again with the temple the visit to the temple. And, uh, and the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus ran up to Jerusalem, and found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and changers of money, seeding, and when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out, out of the temple, the sheep, the oxen, and poured out the money, changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them who sold doves, Take... These things, hence, make no, not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples, remember, it was written in Psalm 69, 9, the zeal of your house has eaten me up. So the question is this, this is an incident of the cleansing there's, there's a couple cleansings in John, in the synoptics. And so, in order to In order to look at this, I have a couple questions. And the first question that I have is, the action of cleansing the temple from merchandise was a fulfillment of God's prophecy or an event that dealt with the religious apathy of the time? Because if, there's, if Jesus is doing His own agenda here, it's something else. But if He's following the agenda of God confirmed in the Old Testament, then the power of the prophetic word is much greater than we think. In other words, I'm a man of God, and I want to prophesy and speak over you the power of God upon your life. If I'm convinced of that, that I'm able to do that, then... It is an era that we don't use it, an era that we're not accustomed to it, an era that we are not really open to it. And I'm trying to tell you, there's power in the prophetic word of God. The second question is, has our churches become a place of merchandise? And I want to comment on that uh, uh, very lightly. Um, And I want to be rough and rude uh, to the people that have uh, uh, sails inside of the sanctuary or outside. There's a reason for that, and there's a reason why why uh, all these animals were brought in inside of the temple courts. It's all to do with location. And then third, do you use the sanctuaries today as a house of prayer? Just for a comment, and I hope that you sort of... Uh, uh, so let's go, let's go, let's... Let's deal with it. Let's take a look at every verse real quick and make a comment. It's verse 13 to 17. So 13, 14, 15, 16, it's five verses. And I'll make a comment on each one of them very briefly. Then we get to the nitty-gritty of this. There's a lot today that I want to share with you. It says, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Jews' Passover used to be the Gentiles' Passover. Jewish Passover it simply means that they took hold of it the corruption now is so much it's not God's Passover it's Jewish Passover and by the way the festival of Passover begins on the 14th day of March it's called the Nisan month the lunar month called Nisan it's full moon at the end of April we're getting close to it to commemorate the deliverance from the angel of death on those without the blood in the doorposts. Remember that uh, Israel left Egypt, and and Moses is trying to get the people out of out of Egypt, and and Egypt will not allow them to leave. Remember that. And so God says, "I'll send the angel of death over all the houses." They have no blood on the doorposts in the in, it, doors without the blood of, the, of of a lamb, a little lamb. You know uh, uh, the the firstborn will die. Remember that story that you study so much. So Passover is celebration of that, and uh, it happened on the last week before the crucifixion. So verse 14, found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and changes of money sitting down in other words it was a big enterprise you're talking about uh, selling cattle and the location of it is is uh, about 40 feet from the ark of the covenant on each side of the temple you know the temple is this way you know the holy of holies right here inside uh, uh, and then of course the holy place and where the offering was taken and burned and all of that in that on the side, on the right side, and the left side, uh, cattle and oxen and money changes, and they're just making business. Just, uh, just the, the wrong. The court of the Gentiles supposed to be a place of prayer. Now it's just a market. You know, when cattle come in, uh, a lot of things come with it. You know, cow pies per se, plus this and plus that. So the place is dirty, filthy. And, uh, and I want you to take a, a visual picture of this verse 14 uh, uh, because you need to see it as I explained to you that what you see there it's a lot of dirt a lot of animals and noises and all of that and, and feed, they have to feed the animals standing there and then Jesus comes in on verse 15 He made a, made a a scourge of small cords, just a whip. He began to use the whip and drive out, out of the temple the sheep, the oak, the oxen, and of course I think Jesus just hit the animals and began and the animals kept on going and and, and the animals touched the tables and the, and the money and the money came on the floor and he began to, 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 to clean the temple, putting those people away. Verse sixteen. And he said to them who sow doves, notice that dove is the least small offering that you can give. You know, the rich will will do an ox and a cow, uh, but uh, the poor will give a little dove. And then it says, uh, verse 16, And he said to them who sow doves, Take these things hence, and make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And they remember Psalm 69, 9, which John remembers, The zeal of your house has eaten me up. And so, let's return to the questions now that we have beginning to deal with. The the first question is, is this action the fulfillment of God's prophetic will? Because if it is, it does speak for today. In other words, if this has been debated and considered and said in the Old Testament, Jesus is actually fulfilling the word that was spoken. The word that was spoken is being propelled, okay, by by the acts of Jesus. Jesus is actually fulfilling what has been spoken in the past. Do you understand that? Uh, Is that another way I can say it? No, I I think that's great. I think you said it.
0: God used the prophets to point towards Jesus, and so Jesus is in line with the prophetic word of the yeah. prophets. Yeah. Okay,
1: so 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 uh, now there's a lot of scriptures. I, mean, I can't read all of them, but uh, the the visit in the temple, the second cleansing, the first cleansing, it's 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 spoken throughout the scriptures, and Jesus is just fulfilling the word, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. So, the question here is this. When a prophet speaks the Word of God into a nation, into a church, into a state, there's power in it. Amen. You know, in order to get in the temple, you've got to pay a half a shekel for the service of the temple. And the sale of these... Uh, Animals had a lot to do with the priests. And I'll talk about that later. So, uh, the changing is because of the foreign currencies. There were so many countries, you know, around, around Israel, around uh, 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 J- Jerusalem. People from other countries that have different money. And as they came, you know, when you go to the airport, people have a wave at you to come to them so they can change your money into the currency you want. Money, currency is an old thing. It's all over the Atlanta airport. And so, uh, in those days, they had to do the same. And also get a hotel, a place to stay, pay for it. It was business uh, business in the house of God. Jeremiah seven Let's begin there. Now, Jeremiah cries out about that. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes. Even I seen it, says the Lord. Even I have seen it, says the Lord. Meaning, that Jeremiah is confirming uh, that what really is happening is well known by God. But let's take another look at something here and, and let's see if I can I do this. Go to Malachi. Amen. Malachi. Chapter uh, chapter three. Verse one. Behold, I will send my messengers and shall prepare a way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant. Who is the messenger of the covenant? Jesus. Whom you delight in it. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. Now this is spoken 400 years after this would happen. 400 years after being predicted by Malachi, speaking of John the Baptist preparing the way of Christ. And then on verse 2, it says, But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He shall sit as a refining purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, meaning priests. So the purification that he's talking about is being actually happening as Jesus is actually doing the cleansing of the temple. He shall purify the sons of Levi, meaning the priests, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto God an offering in righteousness. And so, Malachi predicts, speaks about the coming of Jesus in the temple. Let's take a look at the third, second question. Has our churches then become a place of merchandise? Now that's very important. Because Jesus condemned the priests for being a part of buying and selling in the temple. It's very, very difficult to to put a finger there. Uh, What caused the Lord to respond this way? Is there something today that makes merchandise a very important part of the local church? Let me suggest to you several things. Number one, There are churches today in America who pay budget by selling a place of burial. Cemeteries around churches is a place of business. Not only you have to be a member of the church, but if you have ten thousand dollars, you can bury somebody. Is that merchandise? I let you. I let you. Let you judge. Now, what is the basis of Jesus doing this in the temple? It was total rejection of sin, the profanation of the temple. The glory of the temple was exposed to cattle 50 feet from the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus responded because He had zeal for His Father and His Father's house. And He used spiritual authority and boldness to drive those people out of there. So, what I'm saying to you is that there's a place in the life of the church where businesses become priority. A lot of people join churches in order to do business, to validate their business, to exchange their business. In other words, uh, it's very common that if you go to a church and there's a plumber in that church, you're going to call that plumber. It's business. People join churches in order to somehow validate their business. Is that merchandising in the church? There are churches and ministries that sell millions and millions of dollars of merchandise all over the world. You're talking about a guy in Africa that has three jet planes selling holy water. Is that merchandise? I'll let you judge. Because when the gospel of Jesus is presented, the power of Christ supplies the needs according to His riches and glory. When you substitute the riches and glory by somebody else with money, you are then merchandising in the church. I told you yesterday to you that I have a book. It's on Amazon.com. Pray with accuracy. And I, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, I don't get much out of those books. You know, everybody keeps everything. Send me two dollars. But I can tell you there are people that are rich and wealthy and millionaires based on books. The book industry in America—it's a multi-billion-dollar venue in order to enrich people for their trademark what who they are is that merchandising in the church is the church in America a place of merchandise I'll let you judge I'm not telling it is but I'll let you judge You, what do you think is this getting warmer You see, it is a major problem when you, you, making money becomes your priority. You know, RBM is call, uh, uh, it's a ministry in, in the United States for the last 55 years. And I could say that 80% or 90% of all our income goes to others. I mean at at my age I should have at least a million dollars somewhere stashed away to take care of my needs. And I want you to know that at this very moment I live by faith and I don't have a savings account per se with millions of dollars. If you put uh, five, three thousand dollars there it would be a miracle because it all disappears at the end of the month. I live by faith. But in the last 50 years God has paid every single bill I remember when I used to get Blue Cross and Blue Shield and the bill was $2,000 a month because I had three children God paid that money in a way that I never dreamed I don't know where it came from but He took care of it and paid so when I say merchandise I speak with authority I speak with power I speak with anointing because I have lived the life of faith Is the church merchandising everything? Are the pastors enriching themselves? Third question. Do we use our sanctuaries as a house of prayer? You know, it is a house that people come and spend time in prayer. It's kind of interesting because there's a new ministry happening in America from New York. It's called the Evangelical Church of the Kingdom of God, Igreja Universal. You're going to hear about this, Igreja Universal. It's all over television. They are a multi-million dollar ministry from Brazil. And uh, uh, and they are taking over the United States and, uh, and actually... Uh, uh, doing a good job at it. They, 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 every preacher has a, an accent there, a large accent, and they're from Brazil. And, uh, and, and they, they use salt and throw salt over you and water over you, uh, which is fine with me. Amen. And people are healed and delivered and blessed of God. Why are they so powerful? It's because their doors are opened 24-7 there's somebody in the middle of the night standing in the altar waiting for people to come to pray. But I tell you, you can go to the city of Atlanta and you'll find locks and doors on every single door at First Presbyterian, First Baptist, First Methodist, and First whatever it is, First or Second or Third. Their doors are locked except at 11 o'clock on Sunday. Is the church emphasizing prayer as a necessity? Prayer is essential for the life of the church. The third world countries have rooms called prayer houses. And and, and it is a ministry of prayer that constantly prays for the life of the church. I went to Tennessee once and met a lady and it was the father, the mother of Dino Cates, one of our, uh, chairman of our board. And she took me to her, her house, uh, and to the corridor of the house, and to a back room. It's all pink in there, and the air conditioning was flowing, and the, and the fan was flowing, and she was in prayer 24 hours a day. It's, and she never turned the lights on that room, and she prayed 20, no wonder her sons are so blessed. Is the church today a place of prayer? I want you to consider that because Jesus says that my house shall be a house of prayer. Do we pray? Do we spend nights in prayer? In the last three years, let's say three, maybe maybe less, or maybe more, we decided to pray in this ministry. And I've been praying every every day from 8 to 9 o'clock. Some days I'm late because of circumstances at home. But we pray from 8 to 9 every single day. And God has been answering our prayers in a way that is amazing. Everything that we need, God supplies the need. And we're praying loud. We put the music loud and we talk loud and we walk and we pray. In other words, it's not a very morbid type of prayer. I mean, I'm praying away, speaking and asking and pleading and asking forgiveness and asking. And oh my God how God has blessed our ministry. People thought that we will never be able to go to Israel on this trip, uh, a yearly trip in March. Our group is there right now. And, uh, and after, uh, uh, after going through the airport and Air Canada, by the way, Air Canada uh, turns out to be a very good airline. The best food and the best service. Our, our group was deeply impressed by, by Air Canada flying out of Toronto to Tel Aviv. It was a wonderful experience. Price was good. Amen. And suddenly, we arrived in Israel and, and, and all the uh, all the fears of this and fears of that and uh, yeah. and of course, uh, the government simply spoke to us, finish your trip. Yeah. Finish your trip and go home. Uh, you're welcome in Israel. And, and our trip continues Hallelujah. from site to site. Yeah. Empty buses, Empty sites, but our group is going and ministering and being blessed by God. What a wonderful miracle. And every site that we went, we pray. Why are we so successful in our mission trips? Why God puts our hands over us every time we go to Cuba, every time we go to Brazil, in the anointing of God in the midst of all kinds of problems, sickness. I don't know how many virus I have traveled under. You know, it was the, the before the corona was the... Uh, the Zika virus, M1H1, M1H1, M1H2, M1H3, M1H4, 5, and 6. I've been, I've been, throughout my life, I have flown over all kinds of viruses. Amen. But because of our prayer, because of our insistence, because of our daily kneeling down before God, He put His hands over us and protect us and anoint us to do the work He called us to do. Amen. So when, we, when I go somewhere, I'm not empty. I'm not void. I have cried out asking the Lord to not abandon us and to be with us as we get the work done. Listen, if, 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 if I could stop traveling because of viruses, I should have stopped traveling long ago. Prayer covers us. The Lord God has His hands, His angels around us, and He protects us from every harm, for everything that there is. Let me ask you this. Is your church a house of prayer? The church where you go, is there a prayer life? Do anybody in that church comes in at 6 o'clock in the morning and pray throughout the morning for the life of the church every single day? When Jesus referred to the temple, He called it a life, a house of prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask You, Lord, that You bless my brother and my sister this morning. I prophesy, God, that the anointing of God will be upon them. That those who are related to me, God, receive this morning the anointing to be strong, not to fear, not to be intimidated, not to be shy, but know that the hand of God, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, covers you, your household, because of prayer. And so I speak a covering over everyone who is listening to this broadcast this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I speak cover, I speak healing. I speak protection. I speak the anointing. I speak the blood of the Lamb of God on the doorpost of your house. And that as you continue to live your life in the midst of so much fear in America, you'll know that the angels of God camp around those who fear Him. The Word of God is very clear on that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: For more teaching, see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lighterrain.com for more t-